Hello, City First Church family, and I want to take a moment and just welcome everyone joining us right now online, or maybe you're in person at our Cape Coral location. We just say we love you. Jen and I love you like crazy, and uh, we're so glad that everyone joining right now is a part of the City First Church family, especially those of you that are part of God Behind Bars. You know, you might be joining us for the first time through the God Behind Bars app, and I just want to say welcome to City First. Uh, we love you. We, uh, we just know that God has big plans for you wherever you're at, and we're just excited and honored that you would join us. Now, like what you just saw, we had an exciting first Wednesday this month. In fact, you know, just a few days ago at both the Spring Creek and the Cape locations, we had a worship night, and I want to thank each and every one of you that showed up and joined us as we lifted up the name of Jesus. You know, Worship reminds us that our God is bigger than any of the circumstances that we are encountering, right? In fact, he is an almighty God. He is a faithful God. And I am just so, so blessed by the fact that we were able to gather together, especially here at the Spring Creek and also Stateline joined us at our locations here in Northern Illinois, because we had not gathered for 150 days. Can you believe that? In fact, I can't believe it's already August. It, it just doesn't seem possible. How did summer go by like that? Was there even a June or July? I mean, it, we're in August already. And, and that's just the way 2020 has been. It's been such a challenging year. And in some ways, it feels like there's really no end in sight. And that's exactly what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this, this crisis we're in. I want to talk about the circumstances we're in and, and how it just seems to be going on and on and on and how we are to respond as Christ followers. You know, this year has not been what we expected, nor did we think the struggle was going to last this long. In fact, somebody sent this to me recently, this meme. If 2020 was a swing, it would look like this, right? I mean, come on. How many of you agree right now, wherever you're at in your living rooms or watching on your smart device, it's like 2020, if it were a swing, it is definitely like that. Well, today's message is extremely important. I'm going to tell you, I, I want to encourage you to put aside all distractions. I want to encourage you to listen real closely because I believe today I have a word for you. I want, I want your spirit to hear what I'm saying. We're in this series called Essentials for 2020. And we're looking at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Church of Colossae almost 2,000 years ago. But what he was doing, he was instructing this church how to live during unprecedented times. Does that sound familiar, anyone, right? Because he was telling them they have a new life in Jesus. The old life has been deleted or erased forgiven. And through Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross, and because he rose from the dead, we can have now a new life. And so the verse we've been focusing on is found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, or hopefully you've opened up your City First app, you can follow along with me. So it says this, since God chose you to be a holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves. Now, I want you to really pay attention to that word picture. In other words, put on a garment, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, 
and patience. So far, we've talked about kindness. We've been talking about things like mercy. And today, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go ahead and take us out of order here for a moment. We are going to talk about an outfit to put on. It's not going to be sequential like the verse goes. We're going to mix things up, okay? But today, we are going to talk about patience. In other words, Paul is saying there are five different outfits that we must put on. When you get up in the morning, you think about what kind of outfit am I going to put on today? And it usually is based upon what obligations you have. Well, Paul is saying the obligation that we have as Christ followers is to be holy. Now, what does holy mean? Holy means this, to be set apart. In other words, we live differently. We think differently. We act differently than those people that don't have faith in Jesus. So we must dress up our personalities. We must dress up our actions. We must put on a different wardrobe than what's going on around us. So like I said, this week, we're going to talk about patience. We're going to go out of order. All right. And can I just say, honestly, there's really nothing exciting about listening to a sermon about patience. I mean, you know, really, do you want to hear this? Well, this is the truth. You need to hear this. I need to hear this. We must have patience. In fact, Paul says it's a requirement for us to be set apart or to be holy. Remember when you were a kid, there were a few things that your parents continuously said to you that drove you crazy. Like, like one of them is this, it's time to go to bed, right? You didn't want to go to bed. You weren't ready to go to bed, even though you were like really super tired. You're like, no, I want to stay up. And so you fought your parents on going to bed. Another one was this. Your parents would look at you and say, eat your vegetables. You're like, I hate broccoli. I don't want broccoli. I don't want Brussels sprouts. I don't want green beans, right? And the third thing that they would say all the time is this, is they say, hey, hold your horses. You have to wait. Ready? Be patient. Be patient. Nobody wants to be told to wait and be patient. But that's exactly what this year, 2020, has forced us to do, right? I mean, wait. Wait some more. Wait even longer. We're already in August now. Wait longer than we want to. And Paul is telling the church, that church, but also he's telling our church, City First, that if we are to please God and be set apart from our old self, we need to put on the garment or the clothes of patience. Patience. It's not an easy topic for me to preach on. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Because here's the reason why. Your pastor, I am not a patient person. By design, I am a high-energy, get after it, get up early in the morning, start running after it kind of a person. And like many of you, I get frustrated when I have to wait. Like even, even if I order something on Amazon, if it can't ship prime, I'm frustrated. Like I have to wait four days. I can't get it in one or two days. Like think about it. Five years ago, if you ordered something online, it would take a week to get to your house. And now we're all angry if it doesn't come immediately within 48 hours. I mean, like, what do you mean? I ordered it on Friday. I have to wait until Monday. You mean Amazon can't deliver it on Saturday or Sunday? What are these Amazon workers doing? Are they slacking off? You see, how ridiculous is that, right? 
I mean, we live in a world that we can get about anything shipped to us in two days or someone will deliver our groceries to our house or we can have a meal prepared for us in the time it takes to order at the menu board and drive our car 20 yards to the pickup window. We can have an entire meal prepared for us, right? Or I remember I was just telling somebody this week, back in 1987, I stood in line outside of Apple Records at the Edgebrook Shopping Center, and I waited to get my vinyl copy of U2's Joshua Tree album. I remember I had to wait for like a couple of hours because the line was so long, and finally I got a copy of this amazing record. And then, you know what I had to do? For those of you who are young, I had to go home, and I had to put it on a record player, and I had to turn the record player on, we don't have to do that anymore. What do we do? We can literally have any music we want around the world downloaded in a couple of seconds right to our smartphone. And we can start listening to it, streaming it right away, right? You know, we live in a world where you could text somebody on the other side of the world. And you want me to talk about patience, right? Patience. You see, God says patience is necessary every single day day. Why? Why is patience necessary? Why are we even talking about this? In a world that we can get things immediately and have instant gratification, here's the reason why. Because there are some important things in life that aren't built or created quickly without a lot of waiting. You hear what I just said? Some things in life, important, significant things, don't come right away. You have to wait. There's a famous story in the Old Testament of the Bible it's a strange story, and you've all heard it before, because I guarantee you, you read the books as a kid, all right? It's a story of Noah and the flood. Noah, the story of Noah begins in chapter 6 of the book of Genesis, which is the very first book of the Bible. And the Bible says that the people of the earth were very evil and corrupt, and God had kind of had it up to here, and he told Noah, build a boat because I'm going to send a flood, and we're going to reboot the entire earth. And God gave specific instruction to Noah on how to build this boat, like how it was to be constructed, out of what materials, what the dimensions were. And, and here's, here's one of the dimensions. The boat would be approximately 400 and 72 feet long. That is approximately a football field and a half long. It's a huge boat. It would carry two of every creature and species along with Noah and his family. Now, I looked this up online and even on the Smithsonian website, and scientists have taken the dimensions that are mentioned in the Bible and they've kind of like created a, a to scale kind of model. And they've determined that, that really this thing could float. It really could float. In fact, even on another website, it said that it could carry up to 70,000 animals. 70,000 animals. Think about that. Now, people lived longer before the flood for reasons that we don't quite understand. But it took Noah approximately 100 years to build this boat. Now, let me say that again. 100 years to build a boat. Not just any boat, but this gigantic boat. 
And what is the kicker here is that where Noah lived, there wasn't a body of water anywhere near the construction of where he was building this boat. So there wasn't a lake, there wasn't a river, there was no water. And, and because of this, he was mocked and ridiculed by everyone in that place. Like, like every single day, people were coming and mocking him. What are you building a boat for? There's no water. It hasn't rained. I mean, and you know what he did? He just faithfully kept on building it. Now, I realize some of you might be listening to this and having a hard time believing that this story is true. And I, I get it. It feels a little far-fetched. It feels like kind of like a, a children's fairy tale, you could say. But, you know, some people believe that this story is not literally a story, like a literal story, but rather it's a, an allegory. It's a made-up story that's supposed to, like, elevate or, or bring out a certain truth. Now, I don't have time to argue one way or the other on whether this is a literal story or whether it's an allegory, but I just want to take a moment and I want to look at the spiritual truth that's found in this story. So put aside your opinion of the story. Let's just look at the spiritual truth of it, all right? Here's the truth. Noah had to wait a very long time before he understood why God asked him to do something. There's your spiritual truth. That Noah, a man of God, had to wait a really long time before he understood why God had asked him to do something. You see, the story of Noah is a perfect picture of our topic today, patience. I always describe patience this way. I describe it as obedience until. In other words, you are obedient until you see the results. Patience is not just sitting around doing nothing. That's just doing nothing. Instead, patience is actually doing something while you're waiting for the results that you desire. Patience is enduring times of hardship and confusion and lack of understanding while continuously working towards a desired outcome. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, City First? Now, now, don't miss this. In other words, patience is active. It's not passive. It is an action verb. And as followers of Jesus, many times patience looks like this. It looks like obeying God when it feels like God has forgotten about you. Let me say that again. It, it's like obeying God when it seems like God has forgotten about you. That's what patience looks like. In fact, in this story, are two of the craziest Bible verses in the Bible. All right, I want to read them to you, okay? In fact, one of them is found at the end of chapter 6. It's chapter 6, verse 22. It says, after God had given all the instruction on how to build this boat, it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. That's the end of the chapter, period. Then you flip the page to chapter 7, first verse of chapter 7. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, all right, why is that crazy? Okay, listen, because between verse 22 of chapter 6 and verse 1 of chapter 7 is 100 years. Do you hear what I just said? And we have no indication that God had communicated it all to Noah. Once he gave the instructions initially, he then was silent, we think, for 100 years as Noah built a boat the size of one and a half football fields. I want you to think about that. Some of you are mad at God because he hasn't talked to you in a hot minute. 
Some of you are frustrated because you haven't heard God's voice for a month or two. 100 years, 100 years we believe that Noah just faithfully kept on building this boat, being ridiculed, building a boat that was nowhere near any body of water for 100 years and God hadn't talked to him at all, just gave instruction and was silent. You know, some of us were wanting God to talk to us and can I just lovingly as your pastor say, maybe the reason why he's not talking to you is because he already gave you the instruction and you're not doing it. He already gave you the instruction. He already told you what to do. He doesn't need to tell you again. God doesn't stutter. Instead, he just wants you to work obediently. You see, obedience gets God's attention in a way that good intentions never will. You hear that? Yeah, he, he's thrilled about your good intentions. He's thrilled about the intentions of your heart, but he blesses those who take those intentions and turn them into action, obediently making it happen. You know, from time to time, I get asked if, if I will pray for people to get a job. Like they'll say, hey, Pastor Jeremy, can you just pray with me? I need to get a job. And I'm like, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't even think twice about that. I'd love to pray with you about getting a job. And then usually I'll follow up that comment like this. I'll say, you know, let's do this. Let's pray that you get a job and God gives you favor as you continually fill out job applications week after week after week. You see, you may have to patiently wait to get a job, but that patience looks like this. It looks like getting up every morning and praying and getting dressed and looking presentable. And then know what? You start knocking on door after door of business after business, seeing if they are hiring. Jobs don't come to you. You got to go to the job. It requires effort. Patience is not just sitting on your couch and watching Netflix. Patience looks like getting up and going after it, filling out job application after job application. Some of you are in sales and, and you've been waiting patiently to make your first sale. Well, I'll tell you what patience looks like if you're a salesperson. It looks like getting up every morning and praying and getting in the car or on the phone or on the internet and pitching your product over and over and over and having people say no over and over and over until someone finally says, yes, I want to buy your product. That's what patience looks like. Patience is not just sitting around wishing that someone would buy your product, but rather patience means that you are working and working and working on the goal, even if the results aren't materializing right away. Patience also means that you're working on your faith while you wait. You see, it isn't just effort, but it's also heart work. You see, faith can't just sit around. Faith has to be activated. Faith has to be kicked into gear. In other words, faith requires trust that while you wait, you trust that God in the middle of this challenge will help you come through on the other side. And guess what? The results will finally materialize. You see, Noah worked for 100 years. I keep on wanting to say that. 100 years. And as far as we know, God didn't say a word to him until seven days before the storm. 100 years, and then God gives Noah a seven-day heads up. He's like, hey, get everybody on the boat. And I mean, come on. 
I mean, you're building a boat the size of one and a half football fields, and God is silent. He had to have times. He had to have times that he's thinking to himself, what the heck am I doing right now? I mean, I'm building this monstrosity. Everybody's making fun of me. I'm doing it for 100 years. I have no idea why I'm doing this. And I told a friend this this week, that great leaders think to themselves from time to time, what the heck am I doing? In fact, they're in the middle of, of leading, in the middle of a crisis or a challenge, and they're thinking to themselves, what in the world am I doing? They're, they're taking a risk. They're, they're putting it all on the line. All the chips are going to the middle of the table, and they're thinking to themselves, what in the world? What in the heck am I doing, right? Every leader thinks this from time to time. And they just keep on staying diligent and they keep on working and they keep on having faith and they keep on believing and they keep on being optimistic. You know, the difference between a leader who's a great leader versus someone who gives up is this, is when they ask themselves the question, what the heck am I doing? They answer the question with the vision. They remind themselves of the vision. And so great leaders keep on going where those that aren't that great or those that give up just get stuck at that question and they begin to question everything. They begin to question their obedience to God, whether God is listening, whether God has forgotten them, whether they are gonna be able to make it. They begin to question, they get stuck in the question. But great leaders, they answer the question with what God had told them maybe even a century before, you could say. You see, you got to answer the question, what in the world am I doing? With the vision that God gave you. Keep the vision in front of you. The Bible says that without a vision, people perish. You must keep the vision of what God's plan is for your life continuously in front of you. Keep building, keep working, keep praying, keep trusting what God told you keep going. Like a friend of mine would say, God doesn't always pay on Friday, but he always pays on time. Payday is coming someday, my friend. The payday of your patience and your obedience will eventually pay off. I love what it says in Jeremiah, a, a, a book that, that talks a lot about patience, because you know what? Jeremiah was obedient for decades before he saw any sort of results to his obedience. And he says this in chapter seven, verse 23. This is what I told them. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything I say and all will be well. All will be well. All will be well. Do you hear that? Get that in your spirit, Noah. All is gonna be well. It's going to turn out. You've been waiting a long time. You've been discouraged. You've been trusting God, but it is going to be well. Just stay obedient. Stay obedient. The only way that you can trust God is to be in close proximity with God. I realize some of you are having a hard time trusting him right now. And, and again, may I just kindly say, how is your closeness to God? You know, it says in Genesis Chapter six, verse nine, that Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully. Those two words, walked faithfully with God. You see, Noah was close to God. So because he was close to God, he trusted God. And because he trusted God, 
he was able to be patient. In fact, I will say personally, the closer I am to God, the more I trust him and the easier it is for me to be patient. In other words, obedient until. Some of us aren't patient right now because maybe we're not that close to God. And, and, and prayer is not just ticking the box to be spiritual. You don't just pray because it's kind of a rote and ritual thing to do. No, no, no. Prayer is the way that you become close with God. Every relationship is built on two things, communication and trust. Every relationship, your physical relationship and your spiritual relationship. It's built on communication, us to God and God to us through his word. I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to join us in 21 days of prayer. We launched it on Wednesday, the 5th, and it will go all the way through the 25th of August. And every single day, we're asking you to prioritize prayer. And we are going to take 21 days, and we are going to basically every day as a church carve out a little bit of time in the morning, noon, or night, whatever works for you. And we are going to take time to prioritize our communication with God, otherwise known as prayer. You know, we want to always control the timelines and the outcomes of our life, don't we? We want to control how quick things happen and how they turn out. We always want to do this as humans, but honestly, we can't control those things. The only thing that we can control is our response to the timelines. We can control our prayer life to God. We can control our devotional life, our personal devotion life, how much we're reading the Bible, how much we are faithfully communicating to God, and then we can control our actions or our responses to the timelines and the circumstances around us. Can I tell you, friend, if you try to control what you can't, it will eventually destroy you. Some of you are trying to control things that you were never meant to control. You're trying to manipulate things that you are never meant to manipulate. You don't have the ability to. There are things that are outside of our control, and it's slowly destroying you. You're going to become completely frustrated with life. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can be patient, which means you can be obedient until the outcome actually comes. There's an amazing couple that is a part of our City First Church family that started attending uh, a few years ago. And and you know what? They were newly married, and they wanted to start a family, and they were just having struggles. Physically, they were having trouble getting pregnant. And, and for those of you that have ever had that challenge, you know that is a, that's a very heartbreaking journey, right? And, and this is the thing. They kept on doing a couple of important things that I want to point out today. First, they kept on having faith in God. Secondly, they kept on surrounding themselves with the right people of faith here at City First. They kept coming back. They kept coming back in the middle of their discouragement, in the middle of them trying to build a family, and it seems like God is silent and God has forgotten them. They just kept on being faithful, trying to have faith, and surrounding themselves with people of faith. And then God did a miracle in their life, and God turned it all around. I want you to see their story. And I want you to, even if these circumstances aren't similar to yours, I want you to hear about their journey of faith, their struggle, and God's faithfulness. Because he is always faithful. Our God will not abandon us. He sticks closer than a brother or a sibling, the Bible says. Watch this. 
My name is Melissa Hendricks, and my husband and I got married in May of 2015. I was having a few medical problems, and my doctors used the word infertility for the very first time. And there were some procedures and surgeries that I could have had done, but I was really young at the time, and I just decided that I wasn't ready for that. I was just going to let God do His work, and later in life, if, if we decided to have some intervention, then we would. Um, so it was at Original 2016 that I heard Andy Andrews speak, and she felt a tug on her heart to pray over certain topics. She prayed over cancer, and she decided to pray over infertility, and so she asked everyone to stand who was struggling with infertility, and I just, I just, I stood. Women laid their hands on me, and we prayed. You know, at 22 years of age, I just felt that it was going to be okay. I attended Original 2017 with actually three or four different groups of women that I had met the year prior and throughout the year at City First. And to be able to share what was at the time a very painful experience, it was just helpful for them to to be there and support me through all of that. I remember one worship session where I stood up and I just decided that I just needed to be all in. And I just heard God saying that what I'm trying to tell you is that you can get pregnant. That was something that prior to 2017, I didn't think was going to happen. So a few weeks before original 2018, I found out I was pregnant again and I remember the ultrasound tech saying, what number pregnancy is this for you? And I said, it was my second. And she said, I've got something to tell you. I just found the first baby. And I remember my husband saying, you mean the only? <laughs> and so she looked at me and, and she just said, and I just found the second baby. So it was just days before original 2018 that I found out that I was expecting twins. And I had the picture of the ultrasound on my phone and I just remember running to anyone and everyone that I had met over the course of my original journey and sharing with them, you know, look what God has done. I thank God that he used my faith journey and gave me an original chapter. Every year, right around original time, He has given me a push and He has opened up my faith and He has opened up just me as a person. I, I would have classified myself as a conservative Christian and now I think I'm the opposite. You know, I share God with people every day. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what He has in store for me this year. Wow, what a powerful story. What a miracle. We serve the God of miracles, do you know that? We serve the God that is faithful. We serve the God that may be silent, but he hasn't abandoned us.
We serve the God that sticks closer than a brother. We serve the God that journeys with us through the valleys as well as the mountaintops. And I don't know what you're going through right now, but I want to pray for you because I realize that it may even just be this crisis. It's going on and on and on, and you're struggling to be patient or obedient until we get to the other side. Or maybe you're going through a financial challenge. Maybe your marriage is going through a challenge right now. Maybe your business is going through a challenge or your health. Whatever the struggle is, I want to pray for you that you'll be patient, that you'll be obedient until and that you will know that you know that you know in your heart that God has not abandoned you. He is with you and he loves you. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes wherever you're at right now and allow me to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends and Lord, we're all going through something. We're all battling something. Whatever we're battling feels too long, feels too difficult, feels heavier than what we want to carry. So Lord, we, we acknowledge it's too heavy for us. We give it to you. We ask you to be the one that carries our burden. And Lord, we will control only what we can control. And that is this, our right choices. We'll control the management of our heart and our faith. So Lord, I pray, may we be people of patience. May we clothe ourselves with patience like Paul instructs. May we be obedient until, may we work hard, May we work on our faith. And Lord, we know that someday payday is coming, that your promises will come true. We thank you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much, City First, for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of this service. We encourage you to share this message with family and friends who maybe need to hear it. And lastly, if you have not made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life, we wanna help you do that. In a second here, I'm gonna have a friend come up and tell you about how to do that and give you a free resource from Jen and myself. Love you very much, God bless, and we'll see you next weekend, City First.